Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Good morning, Alan. Mr. Last night, I believe, uh, Micheál Martin addressed the Fianna Fáil Parliamentary Party about the cost of living. What was the, 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 the core or the theme of the meeting? I think the core of the, of the meeting was to recognise the serious situation that there is with inflation, not just in Ireland, but it's right across Europe and the world at the moment, and it's, it, it's hovering well above what we would have hoped it to be. And the real concern here is the obvious impact this is having on, on people's disposable income, the, the, the few bob people have at the end of the week, because it's impacting on electricity prices and energy prices in particular. We're seeing it at the, at the fuel pump. We're seeing it in the, the bills coming in through the door. And, but it's been reflected as well in construction costs and other areas as well. Uh, some of it is as a result of the pandemic in the sense that uh, there's been a difficulty in the logistics of getting goods from one end of the world to the other. We've also seen a huge amount of cash pumped into the economies around the world as well to keep businesses afloat, to keep people afloat during the pandemic. But the more money you print, that has always historically had an impact on on inflation. We think it will pass uh, towards the end of the year, but in the meantime, that's a little comfort to people who are serious facing a very serious situation. There's already been the announcement around energy bills where 210 million euros is going to be put into alleviating in a small way people's electricity bills uh, in, in that that reflected in the bills that come through in March, 100 euros per household uh, or per electricity bill. But we need to now look at other measures to help alleviate people who are facing this problem with inflation. And it's really hurting them, as I say, on a day-to-day and a weekly basis. Now, you have to tread very carefully because one of the problems with inflation is the more money you pump into the system sometimes, the higher inflation goes and you kind of end up chasing yourself. So we have to find a way to help people without making the situation worse. And that is right. that is historically tricky when dealing with inflation. Uh, our text line is always 737-3-7956 in association with Doyle's Garage Courtown, the home of Puget and County Wexford. And you can give Siobhan a call on 053-914-5222. We're asking our listeners what they find uh, have become, have gone up in price, basically. That's it in a nutshell. Food and fuel have been mentioned quite a lot already, Minister. Um, any uh, chance that the price that the petrol pumps is going to drop are because of the situation in the Ukraine, is it likely to get worse? Yeah, well, with the Ukraine, they, mostly what you're looking at there is gas uh, prices. So that, um, our major gas supply comes from Russia through the Ukraine into the European Union. So if I think if things get any worse in the Ukraine, what the real fear is we do would see the gas supply cut off or reduced and that, uh, and supply disrupted. Now, that would be reflected probably not so much in fuel bills at the petrol pump, but it would be in home uh, home heating, for example, because we, an awful lot of our heating comes as a result of uh, gas-powered electricity, for example. So that would be a very real concern. We're at a very, very high point at the moment in energy bills and energy costs. But if, if war broke out uh, in the in Ukraine, that I think we would see, as in any war you would ever see in Europe, it would impact on energy supplies. And it's a very real worry. And we're keeping a very, very close eye on that situation that's happening uh, in, in, in Europe and it's, it's, it's a very worrying situation but there has been meetings in relation to that between the U- European Union ministers and, and the United States and the US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken so we're 
taking a very joined up approach to dealing with the Ukraine and and the Russian situation. And before I move away from that, Ireland is among the countries to receive a terse letter from the Russian government demanding answers about a security policy as tensions rise over Ukraine. They're upping the ante. The letters signed by the Russian foreign minister were sent to a wide group of countries, including Ireland, the United States, Canada and European states. The letters question whether the recipients have abided by a security agreement signed in 1999. Again, it causes tension, all of this. Uh, Have you had a chance to read that letter or have you had a reaction to that letter? Yeah, so I think Russia at the moment has a very deliberate uh, uh, foreign uh, affairs policy and that's to disrupt the the European Union and how we do all work together for the betterment of each other. And what we're always trying to do, I think, is to disrupt that. And I think Russia's view on the world is this, that they are a middle-sized country versus a large European Union. If they can break up the European Union, suddenly they're, they're the biggest country in, the, in Europe. And that's what Putin is hoping to do. And so we always have to look at it through that lens. Whatever Russia are doing, whether it seems positive or negative, they, their, their political leadership is looking to cause disruption in our countries. So I think that, that letter is, 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 uh, it, you, you've seen the maneuvers off the coast of Ireland by their Navy ships. Now you're seeing this letter. You've seen, uh, recently a few years ago, uh, planning permission by the Russian embassy to massively expand, uh, their premises there as well. So I think it's all yep. part of the same process to disrupt and to cause, uh, tension within the different various countries within the European Union. And, uh, so, so it is. You have some breaking news about schools, uh, good news on the positive front for, for development in schools that I'll come to in a second. But yesterday I had a fairly robust conversation with your colleague, Fianna Fáil Senator Malcolm Byrne. We also had an interesting conversation with Sinn Féin's representative in education, Donna Colearing, and it revolved around the, the leaving cert. And I put a question to Senator Byrne that I'll put to you now, Minister. Are Fianna Fáil giving up on attracting young voters? As in the survey, 68% of, of those voted for the hybrid model, which has now been taken away from them. Yeah, look, we had the hybrid model last year, and I think if the hybrid model had been possible, it would have been done this year. But the challenge was there was no way to do the hybrid model um, because you had a quarter of all students have never set an exam. And when you do uh, the hybrid model, it is based on using past results to kind of be able to give a standardized measure of what students are getting in those exams. So it simply wasn't possible. And when the minister engaged with students, they sought four things. They sought for clarity, which the minister has given. They sought for greater choice in exams. And the minister has gone a significant way in that. So, for example, the maths paper, instead of uh, students having to answer 10 and 10 questions, they'll now have to answer 6 and 6. And that's across the board in all the exams. What he also saw was the issue of great inflation be addressed. So what will happen is once the, uh, the, the papers are being examined and being marked, they will be uh, upgraded, if you like, to match the same rate of grade inflation that was there last year. What has not been possible is the, to, to do the, uh, the alternative method of doing the leaving cert. And almost every country across Europe now, if not all, are going back to the traditional way of doing exams this year. And I've heard a lot of concern from opposition spokespeople and TDs, yet I have not heard a single one of them put forward how you would actually do uh, the um, the alternative system this year, where you have 25% of the students right. 
never set an exam. That okay, well, I mean, that's a, that's a point that we will raise with members of the opposition because you're saying that you cannot uh, come forward with a, a solution to this particular problem. Hence, we now have what we now have, which has been softened somewhat with multiple choice, etc. But the bottom line on this, Minister, is that once again, um, the, the concerns amongst parents were expressed yesterday that in many cases they have not finished the curriculum. They've been in classes where teachers have been missing through no fault of their own with COVID. Students have been missing. They've been doing a lot of online. And for them, it's not a fair playing pitch because their fifth year was completely disrupted. No, it was very badly disrupted. And that's very much recognised. You know, students have gone through an awful lot of stress over the last two years and it has been very, very challenging. And so that's why the Leaving Cert this year will not be the same as past Leaving Cert exams in the sense that it will be significantly different. Uh, the The curriculum is being significantly changed to make it a, a lot more accessible for students to be able to do those exams. And I gave the example of the maths paper, or for example, in the higher level English, where you previously would have to answer all three sections, you will now only have to do two out of three. Um, in the Spanish or you will now have to do three instead of five role plays and so on. Right. So what, what the minister has done is given a much wider choice in these exams to reflect the fact that the students have not been able to, in, in every case, sure. complete the curriculum. And I have no doubt, if um, the alternative grade system could have been put in place this year, it would have been. But nobody has put forward a solution to the challenge where you have a quarter of the students yeah. who have not done an exam, and therefore they can't be graded in the same way as the other students who have. Okay. And it's not just about having fairness to an individual student. You have to have fairness between every student right across the country as well. So I think, look, the Minister has gone, uh, given three of the four things students were looking for, and I've no doubt if, if she had been able to, she would have done the fourth one Okay, but well. just, just getting, before I move on to, 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 to the breaking news, which is positive news for schools in County Wexford, which we're delighted to share with you, I, again, just, I, I'd like to get an answer to the question that you kind of skirted around a little bit. Are Fianna Fáil giving up on attracting young voters? Because if 68% of the 40,000 who c- completed that survey is an indication uh, of uh, of the fact that they wanted the hybrid model, you've said no. Is that going to reflect, or are you actually putting people into the arms of Sinn Féin by the decision you've made? No, look, well, for Fianna Fáil is, I mean, we're a party that uh, tries to do right by people in this country. What we don't believe in is giving false hope or, uh, to, to people. Now, at the moment, you have Sinn Féin who look, realistically, anything you ask them for, they will say yes to, and that's that, that's where they're, they're at. But, I mean, when it comes to young people, I mean, we're doing our very best. But what we won't do is give people false hope and we won't give them false information. And that's what we're seeing from an awful lot from the opposition. But will you give them fair play, Minister? But the Minister has given fair play. The Minister met with parents, with teachers, with with school management, with student bodies. And the Minister has gone as far as is actually practically possible. But the minister has to be fair to all of the students in all of the schools right across the country. And as I say, where you, you know, where you have twenty five percent of the students uh, who haven't set an exam, how do you do predicted grades? Because if you want to predict a grade, it has to be based on past performance. There's no other real way to do it. And what you will hear from the opposition is a lot of platitudes around, oh, if there was a will, there was a way, or if there was, if they were being creative. 
but what they won't be able to do is actually they have you what you're saying I'll, I'll actually be speaking to Deputy Johnny Mythen about a, a couple of other issues and basically what you're saying to me is they have put up forward no alternative to what uh, the proposal will be made by the Minister so we give the opposition parties a chance to respond what's the breaking news in relation to schools here in County Wexford please oh, so there's sort of some very positive uh, news for schools here in the County of Wexford in particular the Sacred Heart National School in Newborn is getting a significant extension to new 80 uh, meter squared mainstream classes, uh, 215 uh, squared meter uh, uh, SET classes, and also uh, another sensory room as well. So it's a very significant extension for Newborn National School. And also Rattarogue National School is getting an extension of two early intervention classrooms. And we also have the announcement for St. Aidan's and Gorey uh, for uh, daycare centre for people with disabilities. Uh, there, the Department of Housing is approved for the construction of a five-person community dwelling at Arden and Ave in Gorey Hill, Wexford. Right. So a couple of very positive announcements for the county of Wexford as well for our, for our students and for people with disabilities. We'll conclude about the sewage system in Kilmore because there were people asking the situation in Feathered and Duncanon. Uh, we had a good chat with one of the senior executive engineers, James Whelan, about this issue yesterday. Got a lot of positive reaction to the developments there. You're enthused by this as well? Yeah, so the, the situation, if you like, down around the south coast in relation to wastewater treatment and sewage has been, look, it, it's been a very uh, long-running sore uh, and it's something that needs to be addressed. So we had last year the announcement of €13 million Euros for Arthurstown Valley Hacking and Cannon for the wastewater treatment plant. And we, I was glad to turn the sod on that last year, but now we're, we have the announcement for a wastewater treatment for Kilmore Key and that's that, that work will commence now in the coming weeks as well. So we are one by one taking off the, the situation uh, down there in, 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 in the south coast of Wexford because this is hugely important for health and safety, but obviously for tourism as well, that we can have the, the high quality systems in place for people in, in the south of the county. Thank you for taking our call this morning. That was Minister of State of the Department of Justice, James Brown. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.